is the first Christmas we've had together in years. I love you guys. I'm making up for some lost time. Authorities are wondering if the masked vigilante who terrorized the city's underworld is back. The past is caught up with me. Should we be worried? No, no, it's nothing. I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. It's the most wonderful time. When I wore this suit, I made a whole lot of enemies. You're a Hawkeye. Who the hell are you? Some people have actually called me the world's greatest archer. Are you one of those people? It's the most wonderful. Hey, babe, I should be back in a day or two. Hang on a second. With the kids Things have gotten more complicated. back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he is Steve, and apparently Hawkeye is passing the torch in episode 259 today. Oh, thank you. January 27th, is it? Uh, yeah, 27th, 2022. Hmm. We're going to be going right into our topic of the day, which is the Hawkeye Disney Plus review. But before we do... Make sure you put a bullseye on that subscribe button. Clang that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week, every week. And I suppose it goes without saying that uh, we are going to be issuing a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen the show, you may not want to be able to go any farther. If you don't care, though, well, let's just go ahead and continue. Steve... This was a show that came out right around Christmas, Christmas. time. Yeah, that's about the holidays. Exactly. Yeah, so, right after Thanksgiving or so. Yeah. I think that was the first original Disney Plus show that actually takes place around that time, right? Probably, Ross, yeah. Now, we were going to be reviewing this sooner, but we had a couple other things come up that all of a sudden took priority. So that's why we are reviewing it a little bit later than we would like. But what are your high-level thoughts of the show, Steve? Well, Russ, I'll tell you. Um, from the get-go, I'm looking at the writing. The writing? The writing of the word Hawkeye. The font they used. I think I know where this is going. Continue, Steve. You see, Russ, sometimes I read a little too much in this stuff. You never told me you could read. Okay, so I study pictures a lot. And I look for markings. I like the pop-up books. Those are the best. There's 3D pictures. 
Woo! So and they're always so hard to close. You notice that? Yeah. No, <laughs> I struggle with that. So um, the font they use. No, I, I, I like Hawkeye. I actually really do like Hawkeye. Oh sure. I mean he's he doesn't have any like you know super super powers. Right. He's just a guy who's been trained to be a weapon, basically. Correct. He's badass. Correct. Natural born. And Jeremy Renner has done a really great job of portraying the character. Yeah, I feel like like his presence really does bring kind of a grounded level, even in like the Avengers films, right? Because like you see Thor and you see you know Captain America, you see Iron Man. Those guys all have you know these larger abilities. than life, yeah, larger yeah. than life. But but Hawkeye really brings like validity there because he didn't have any of that, right? But he has just as much presence, and I and I really do like him. So, suffice to say, it means something to me sure. to give the character justice. Yes. And so, from the get-go, when he goes, Hawkeye, I think that looks a tad childish, uh-huh. the way they've written it out. I'm not, I'm not going to say quite cartoony, but right. it is childish. It doesn't look serious. Correct. Um, And so, I thought, well, maybe it, it could just, you know, just... Maybe that's just how they just wanted to be cutesy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's Disney Plus, you know, mm-hmm. but it's still Marvel. It is, and I keyed on that as well. I'm I'm totally tracking with you. So, um, high level of the of the show, I it, see. I I think it the show just basically needs to be rewritten, Russ. Mm. I think it needs to be rewritten. Um, there's about two episodes of the entire series that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So that means they have four other episodes. No, five. No, 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 three. No. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't remember if they had six episodes or if they had eight episodes. Did they have six? <laughs> no, 12. No, I'm trying to do fast math here on, on the spot. <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, there's, so there's six episodes. And most of that is really not about Hawkeye, really. Mm. And so um, I feel like it's doing the fans a kind of a disservice in a way. Like, I don't know everything there is to know about the comic. I don't. But I really do like the character. I always played him, like, in the in the Avengers arcade. Uh-huh. He was my go-to. And I loved him in the movies. And the few comics that I've written are... <laughs> Newsflash! I can doodle uh, <laughs> that I've read. <laughs> you know, I've always loved him. So... I, I just really wanted. I, I really want to show. For example, let me let me tell you this. Let me just pause for a second. I know nothing about Daredevil. I watched the show Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I now love Daredevil. Yeah. It is an extremely well put together show, and it makes me think like, okay, Netflix did they? Did the writers of this show like not? You know how how come they understood the material better than Disney mm-hmm. Marvel? Like I don't get it because they could have done a lot better with the show. It could have gone a few different directions and they just chose not to do it. They, I'm just wondering why they chose what they chose with this show. It's not awful. It's not poor. It's just not very well done at all. It's not nearly as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop there. Oh, okay. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. So first of all, I totally agree. When I started watching this show, I too, I noticed the way that they brought in the logo. Like the logo is never something to be just dismissed. Right. There's a lot 
that you can draw from whether whether it's a show or it's a film or it's a video game even a book like you know they always say don't judge a book by its cover well the the cover of the book is the curbside appeal so it's the first impression that you get and i think that more often than not when you look at okay what is like the persona that they're trying to get through with regards to the title there is a fundamental just I don't know, like, like just a certain type of vibe that you get from the title itself. So I know exactly what you're talking about because I watch it. And I'm, I'm really interested in it because I'm a fan of Jeremy Renner as well. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy him playing Hawkeye. And I was looking forward to seeing what kind of story they're going to tell in this instance, because there are a lot of events that have transpired leading up to this. So it's like, man, like I'm really There's, curious to see how yeah. he's going to, how, 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 um, Clint is going to be like, you know, dealing with all this. Well, there's a lot to, well, also, too, there's a lot we would love to know between Clint and mm-hmm. Natasha that we've been talking about. Like, even with the Black Widow, I mean, there's a lot we would love to see, even if this was like a prequel yeah. or something. Like, and they keep referencing all the stuff that happened and how deep their relationship is. That sounds freaking amazing. Can I watch that now, sure. please? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're, you're totally fine. And, you know, I was thinking about like your example of Daredevil with the show. I will see your daredevil and raise you arrow. I'll watch it. Yeah. The the TV show arrow has been on for multiple seasons. It has a sizable fan base and I feel as though they are doing, I mean, okay, to be fair, they have multiple seasons, so they are able to have more character development, that sort of thing. However, the approach that they have with the character and the other secondary characters that they have been introducing and doling out as the seasons go on, I feel as though they're doing that particular character more of a service whereas this particular first season of Hawkeye it's a mixed bag because because I think you kind of alluded to this too where the show itself wasn't a bad show like there are certain moments where you're like okay I'm, I'm getting into this this is this is exactly like what I signed up for but then there are other parts where you're just again it has kind of that kitty uh tween or, or a teenager kind of vibe to it. And I think that that's a bit of an unfortunate situation. And, um, you know, like just from a, a high level, uh, I, I made kind of a, a bullet point list here. You know, first of all, like we both said, we both enjoyed seeing Jeremy Renner again, you know, especially after yeah. what, what, what transpired. Um, I really enjoyed, and we'll talk more in detail about this later, but I really enjoyed the introduction to Kate Bishop's, you know, the character of Kate Bishop. Uh, I was gonna say the Kate Bishop's character of <laughs> the chessboard. No, no. no. Yeah. of of Haley Steinfeld. Right. <laughs> no, uh, but anyway, um, you know, having Yelena was a nice addition to the show. Makes a lot of sense based sure. off of what we had seen in the Black Widow movie, as well as even like what what transpired with Natasha Romanoff. So, um, but at the same time, it's counterbalanced with like, for instance, like the tracksuit mafia was just cheesy. Like it was just, I didn't feel a sense of dread or threat at all as a viewer watching them get into these, these situations. Hello bro. Uh, Hello. You want to do this? Hello bro. I'm like, I don't feel a sense of danger here. Like who, but, but I'll also say that, uh, like if, when you watch, uh, daredevil Uh and Fisk is in it, Kingpin's in it. Yeah. He is not going to, he would have slaughtered all those guys from the get-go. He's not going to associate with them. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) 
Because I haven't watched the Daredevil um, show yet. I know it's terrible of me that I have not watched. <laughs> Everybody's telling me I need to watch it. I need to just sit down and watch the show because everybody says it's great. Is the same actor being used in Hawkeye? Okay. So you touch on something that actually I was just about to say, which is that the depiction of Kingpin, I felt like he didn't have a commanding presence oh in Hawkeye, but it sounds like he does in Daredevil. He does. This is almost like Kingpin light. Okay. What we have in Hawkeye. Um, he seemed tame. He, he Yes. He, I, that's the reaction I got, yeah. which is, uh, I mean, he came on and I got goosebumps. I'm like, oh man, you saved this for last? Are you serious? <laughs> because in, uh, I'm, I'm, as, as sure as I'm sitting here, he has so much presence in Daredevil. He yeah. has just as much presence as Murdoch does. Right. I mean, there are, it's 50, 50. It is that strong. And he's, it's that good. Um, I, I, he makes the character believable in his, in his rage and in his intelligence and in his st- uh, strategy, just everything. And everybody knows it. Like yeah. you don't mess with this guy. And in here it's like, okay, well, you know, he was kind of throwing Kate around as a rag doll and he was associating with these goofy kind of ragtag gang of, you know, Russian, you know, jumpsuit guy. I it, I just, it didn't give the, him justice. Well, see, and I think with, with someone like yourself who has seen the Daredevil show, and especially considering it's the same exact actor playing right. the same exact role, you have uh, the ability to, to, to take contrast on that. The final thing from a high-level standpoint for me is that I didn't like how the show diverted attention away from Hawkeye. Like, the show is called Hawkeye, but you could tell that they they were wrestling with this idea of like, okay, how do we introduce Kate Bishop's character, which makes sense because in the comics, Kate Bishop is kind of like the, you know, Padawan learner, so to speak, right? Like, like Hawkeye takes her under his like, you know, basically acts as a mentor to her. Sure. And then she eventually takes over as the new Hawkeye, right? So that makes total sense. But I feel as though like the way that the, the show brought her in and then began to have to divide film time between Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. I just, I felt like, I, like every time I was watching one of the episodes, I was like, what show is this called? Like, is exactly. this show called Kate Bishop? Exactly. Or is it called Hawkeye? I'm not exactly sure. And so anyway, we'll get more down into some of the, those details, but um, I do think it's also worth noting um, the cosplay LARP scenes. Um, I'm just being real. They were cringe. Like, uh, you know, like <laughs> the first time you come across them and, and Clint has to like try and get his armor, or whatever. That's funny. Yeah, like, like that whole yeah. like awkward situation. It's sure. like, okay, they're lovable. They're nerdy. He's trying to just humor them and get his stuff. They should have left it at that. But then someone had the idea of like, oh, hey, let's bring them back and put them in these, these situations that honestly they could get themselves physically hurt. And just, it, it ruined the suspense of disbelief because I'm sorry. It's like that, that just would never happen. And I don't know if they were just trying to connect with their fan base because there are folks who like to do that sort of thing or whatever. But I have a feeling like even the folks who do that sort of thing, I mean, they look at that and they're like, okay, yes, it would be cool to be able to help out an Avenger, but really yeah, like you have like, you know, some sort of, you know, mafias, Russian mafia with handguns, like, like 
hardened street criminals and you're putting a LARPer group in <laughs> to yeah. help you out. I'm just like, that's all the help you guys get. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not, <laughs> not buying it. No, no, not yeah. at all. Uh, so I figured you, you probably felt the same way on that. One thing that I kept coming back to is uh, I remember when we were looking at the, um, it, was, it was an E3 or it was like a, an Xbox showcase or something. And it was the new Batman game that's coming out. And they showed some some beginning footage of uh, you know them fighting Iceman or whatever, and they had kind of jump through building whatever. So one of the comments that you made w- was that you noticed that the the dialogue for the characters, just like the the narration of who was voicing like Batgirl or somebody, the everything they were saying was just so trivial and mm, non suspenseful yeah. and like this is not dangerous. Oh hey, should have done that sort of thing. We're not gonna die. Whatever. Who gives it? You know. And it, and it just takes away from the suspense that you want to be there. Yeah. And I, I think that, because I know, yeah, I remember what you're talking about where you had certain lines from the game. The game's like Batman Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to playing. But sure. like that was one of the, the constructive criticisms that we had regarding the game was that we want to see more fear from these characters who have just lost kind of like, like you know, the, the, the person that, that, carries uh-huh. them right like, like i mean the batman is nowhere to be found they're having to like take on the mantle you're gonna have a uh, kind of a, a sense of overwhelming responsibility and especially when you're facing people that normally batman would basically be the one who would do the lion's share of uh, fisticuffs and whatnot with so yeah like the the delivery of those lines just really had a lack of that type of conviction or of um apprehension, nervousness, worry, whatever that may be. And I think, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about in terms of the show. I do think that Kate Bishop did showcase some of that from here to there, but it was downplayed. It was like by the humor wrinkled. Well, like, I mean, she would, she would be nervous about a situation. Like if she came in contact with Yelena for the first time. Right. And she was just like, Whoa, you know, because her reputation preceded her. Right. At the same time, though, it's like like they didn't want to make it too intense, and so then they they put in some some quips and one liners and stuff, and it, and it like instantly just diffuses or melts away what would have been a very delicious tense scene. Yeah. So, and, and but I think more often, um, too often with Kate Bishop, she was more like starstruck that she was hanging out with Hawkeye mm. versus what the real life events that were happening to her. And so yeah, granted, okay, she's no some martial arts. She's a great archer. Okay. She probably could have made the Olympics. I get it. Yeah. But that doesn't give you like the gall to just go, I'm going to take care of crime today. And you know, and people are shooting at me with handguns and trying to kill me, but Hey, golly, let's just kick some butt today, guys. You know, sort of thing that I, I just don't buy it. And there's plenty of times where she's getting beat up and cut. And, um, I like that. I like seeing the bodily harm. I actually, Yes, and that that's yeah. But if you got hit in the face and you were getting smashed on cars and thrown through windows and and just totally getting the crap beat out of you and you're, you're bruised up and cut up and bleeding, you're gonna unless you're in the UFC and getting paid, you're not about <laughs> to just run back out there. And she's like a teenager or something, like maybe no, I think early twenties, twenty two or something. I mean, you just don't do it. So it's hard to believe that 
like she would just take on that mantle because, oh, I saw Hawkeye. And so I'm going to put the rest of my life aside and just happily, you know, hopscotch my way through crime fighting. Too much, too many scenes of her just not feeling scared or concerned or tense. There was times when she, yes, she's like, okay, mom, there's something not right here, whatever. Like your fiance is not right. Or, you know, there's someone in, in her apartment. She doesn't know, you know, whatever. There's just not enough of that. It was, again, to me, it was just sprinkled through and not enough. Yeah, if I were to dissect it a bit further, so I totally bought into the notion. Like, I loved how the how the show started out, where we see her as a, as a younger girl, and it was right around the time of I believe it was like like the, the the first Avengers movie where Loki was trying to take over Earth, and and so he had his army coming in and that sort of thing, and. Um, her place of residence was damaged and attacked and stuff. And being at that young age, she saw Hawkeye from a distance um, during one of the, those, uh, you know, kind of highlight reel right. uh, moments. And that really instilled in her, like just the sense of like how she really viewed him as a hero, how she, how she was inspired by his abilities and that sort of thing. And I feel as though that is a very, realistic, tangible thing that we all do. We see someone and it, it doesn't have to be on that level, but I mean, like, you know, if you, if you're into basketball, you, you watch Michael Jordan. I mean, how many countless amounts of youth looked up to Michael Jordan or any one of the other talented basketball players? That's just one example. Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> the Shaq attack. Uh, but at the same time though, like going through what we saw within the show, I appreciated her enthusiasm, right? Because again, she's 22 years old. She hasn't gone through what Hawkeye has gone through. So it provided a nice contrast between the two characters because Hawkeye is definitely the veteran of the two. He's seen a lot more. He's dealt with a lot more. He's lost a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know, where you have someone like Kate Bishop who comes in, she's a fresh face. She has a conviction about performing civic duty, which is great, but she's also a bit naive, you know, she, she hasn't been in this type of environment where, um, Hawkeye really has had a lot of experience in. And so, so she finds herself in trouble in these different types of situations. I do think though, like when it comes to different things, like, like for instance, the relationship between, um, her and her mother, right? Like, and especially as it pertains to this new love interest that, that her mother has, right. I really felt those scenes to, to have a palpable awkwardness and almost like not quite a sense of betrayal, but it's like that classic case of like, you know, like when you see either your mom or your dad start to date and like be romantic with another person who's <laughs> not your biological mother right. or father who like you had a endearing relationship <laughs> with. So you're the guy who's making out my mom, huh? Cool. <laughs> nice to meet you. You know, like, like I really think they did a nice job with those scenes where you're just, I mean, like I felt like I was right in her shoes and I was right. like, Oh gosh. And, and anyway, not, not, not to digress too far off that one point I did want to make with regards to what it is that we're talking about currently is I feel as though the show was more of like a Disney princess movie than Hawkeye. And I feel like that's like the best way I can describe it because we're both seeing eye to eye in terms of what our issue is with it. And I was just thinking, how do I put this into words? And it's like, honestly, that's what it is. It's like, 
it, it's like like you look think of the movie, movie Frozen, for instance, right? right? You know, you had a male character there. Now, granted, it, it it wasn't you know focused on that particular character, but I mean, you have like like a male character, and then you have the female character that is you know kind of more the the main character of the story. And yeah, she runs into these dangerous situations and is threatened and that sort of thing. But like, there is this sense of like lighthearted levity that's there. And I feel like that's kind of a, a if I were to shoot a bow <laughs> and arrow at a target, I think I'm, I'm getting pretty close to the bullseye. What say you? Yeah, might be onto something there. So if, uh, so Disney princesses meet Hawkeye, mm. that's the movie we have. Kind of, right. sort of. Like, I, and I'm not saying that, like, that's totally what it is, but I think if I were to try and convey, you know, anytime there's a dangerous situation, it doesn't feel like this overwhelming, dangerous situation to me as a viewer. It's like, yeah, oh, I'm being told this is a dangerous situation, but then every because of all of the jokes and the quips and, like, kind of the, the funny facial expressions, it, it really doesn't come across. I think I felt more tense and concerned <laughs> when Clint is telling his family, I, yeah, I, I, you still got to keep on waiting. I'm not, I'm going to be there for Christmas. I got to stay an extra day. And his family's going, dad, you got to be here. I was like, oh man, dad, come on, Clint. You lost him in the blip. You can't do it now. You know, I felt more concerned and tense than I'm not. I mean, that sounds funny, but I'm serious. I felt more tense for him and his family than I did ever did with any of like the exciting action sequences. Yeah, well, and I think it's because there was more of, of a realism that was there. And, and I think that that was also something that the show really didn't dive into as much as they could have. And again, you think of, of Clinton Barton, he is one of the most grounded characters within the MCU, and especially how he's been depicted within the MCU films. He is definitely one that it helps to... It brings an accessibility to these movies that a lot of the other characters simply can't do because they're such fantastical characters. And so the family angle is one that, you know, time and time again, we've seen when, when the other Avengers stopped and, and, and got to meet his family and realized he had a family, that sort of thing. And again, it just it helped to ground his character further. But, you know, like in... Well, let me back up just a moment. I have no idea like how many seasons they're going to have of the show. I don't know if this is the only season and then they're just going to move on from, from here and, and bring uh, like Kate Bishop into the films or if they are going to do multiple seasons. But in this instance, if I were to assume, oh, this is the only season that they're doing, the concept of his family being there, you know, his family was never in any kind of mortal danger. Right. And especially if they bring someone in like the Kingpin, I could totally see all of a sudden his family has been abducted or they're at his house, you know, like they they've discovered where he lives, you know, that suddenly brings a whole other level of intensity and threat that would have been great for the show. But also too, and, and, and you kind of alluded to this a bit, the relationship between Hawkeye and Black Widow is a fan favorite. Everybody has loved this type of, of bond that they shared. And a lot of it was just not, it was, un, it was, it was kind of under the, the table, right? Like, like they alluded to certain things, but you didn't really get to see any kind of like flashbacks or stories or whatever else. And obviously Hawkeye hasn't gotten over the fact that she sacrificed herself for him. 
and what that, and, and how that weighs on him. We did see, like, for instance, like he visited her grave and he was talking, you know, or that the memorial kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The memorial. That's what it was. Um, but I mean, the, the point of it being that, that they made time to show that he was still wrestling with it. He was still mourning for her, that sort of thing. And so I just, I don't know, like it would have been so cool to have brought back Natasha Romanoff in terms of like flashbacks. Cause obviously she's gone now, but being able to, to, to go back and see a bit more of their friendship. What we, what did they go through? Why were they so tight to begin with that sort of thing? And I just, I feel like they skipped over that part and then went directly into the revenge angle with uh, her sister. And I think that's a little bit, I don't want to say cliche, but maybe it is cliche because I mean, I don't want to think that it, the revenge script is just the easy play. You know, I would rather see those, those deep feelings that they have towards each other because they've obviously risked their lives and working together prior to the Avengers. They have a lot of history and there's a lot of emotion there. At least Jeremy Renner's great at showing that emotion. Oh, I mean, sure. Without even like just bawling his eyes out, he can really show it. You see it in his face. You see it in his eyes. I mean, I mean, Elena, he's letting Elena just completely whoop on him uh, because he has no defense. I mean, if, if, if this is your revenge, it's completely the wrong way, but he's not going to go about killing her too. You know what I'm saying? And so that whole entire scene was... They just fed it to us at the end and they gave it, you know, 15 minutes and then the show's over. Now we got to wait for how long to see where that goes. I mean, is Elena going to be in the Avengers? Is she not going to be in the Avengers? Are they going to go to coffee and then talk about the past? You know, is Hugh Ash going to tell her about, you know, the, the sacrificing herself, herself for the, what was it, the, the, the Infinity Stone? Yeah, the Soul Stone. Soul Stone! I mean, he already told her, like, you know, you're, you're never going to believe, you know, this anyway, so I'm not going to tell you. But I mean... Sure, she's gonna want to hear it. Like, oh yeah, you're right. Don't 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 tell me that. That's I don't want to hear. It. Yeah. I'm reminded also. I think it was at the end of Black <laughs> Widow when I think it was like the Easter egg shot at the end. But um, uh, uh what is her name? Seinfeld's wife. Yeah, I I can't remember <laughs> the character name that she plays, but um, Dreyfus. You know, she's like she's sure. She has this scene with Yelena where, where like she's essentially almost kind of recruiting her or manipulating her saying, oh, you want to know who killed your sister? And, you know, she passes the the picture of uh, Hawkeye to her and that sort of thing. And that, you know, acts as like the vehicle for why she appears in this show. The problem that I have with it, though, is... First of all, she's not in this show at all. Right. You know, they keep like using her in these Easter egg moments, but they're not really bringing her out. And I'm, I assume like we're going to be able to get to know her better as this phase continues on. But I do feel as though once they brought um, Yelena in, I think that like it would have it would have been cool to really showcase more of that behind the scenes character development of what she was told or what, or what have you, you know, like I, I just, I feel like she came in and, and she was great. Like I really did enjoy the sequences. You know, I love when they were in her burned out apartment and she's you know, like making food with like hot sauce and stuff, which by the way, the hot sauce thing, I was reading about how um, she actually improvised that she, it was her idea to add in the hot sauce because she's a, a fan of hot sauce in real life. So that was like, that was kind of an improv thing that she did, but I really enjoyed what she brought into the show. It's just, 
there was not enough for her to work with in terms of, of revealing more about who she is. Cause I feel like she was one of the highlights from the black widow movie. She had a lot of authenticity. She did. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I'm definitely uh, picking that up too. Uh, it's just, a sh- it seems like with these Disney, you know, streaming shows, um, they cut them too short and they make them just kind of not, I don't know. There needs to be a few more episodes and they don't dive deep enough. Right. And I feel like that was the case. Well, that's definitely the case with this one, but I also feel like it was the case with like WandaVision where it just was kind of, it didn't really go really anywhere until like the last episode. It was kind of that way with Loki too. I mean, Loki had a lot of talking, um, but I just didn't really feel like we got much from the show. Um, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although you know they they did have a mission. There was a lot more excitement going on than this one. But um, I don't know. I feel like more often than not, the, the, these Marvel shows that they're they're giving us, they just don't give us enough. Like they're cutting it too short, and then they slightly give us a taste mm-hmm. of what we all want to see, and then they just snatch it right back. Yeah. And I think that's kind of unfair in a way. I don't know. Part of me wonders if it has to do with budget limitations, but at the same time, good writing is good writing. Like it's not going to, you're not, you're not going to break the bank if you have a really great script. And when I think of, of this particular show, I think about how, for instance, like, like we introduced to, I think the character, the comic book character's name is is literally the swordsman, but it it was the guy who was kind of coming in and, and, and uh, wanting to marry, Kate Bishop's mom and he is obviously an expert at fencing and he has an affinity for sword collecting, that sort of thing. I found his character to be quite interesting, but then it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. You realize that, that he's just kind of like this eccentric side character likes to collect swords. And the same thing can be said even with the, the one girl who's deaf, who uh, like Maya. sustains some, yeah, Maya, she sustains some, some injuries and, um, she's a part of this, this rushing gang thing. But like, again, like it gets up to a point of trying to figure out like where her father was, but then it just kind of fizzles away again. And then we get Kingpin who's in there and it's like, Oh wow, they're bringing Kingpin into Disney plus. But then it's like, once again, it's, there are moments of it where like, okay, I like how he, he appears sinister in this particular scene. But then this other scene, it's like, I'm just not, he doesn't feel like Kingpin to me. And so I think that's kind of like one of the the ongoing issues with it is that you could tell they wanted to surprise the audience by doling out these various characters as they come in and it keeps the episodes fresh. And I appreciate that. I think it's a, it's a cool idea. However, when it comes to, okay, now you have all these characters, what are you going to do with them? You know? Right. And, it, and, and it, be, it just became kind of like this running errand thing that Hawkeye had to do because ultimately he wanted to get home in time for Christmas. But then with all this other stuff going on, it was a big deal to Kate Bishop because she had never found herself in these types of situations. But to him, it was just like, Oh, it's like this annoying criminality that I've got to deal with over here. Well, also too, to continue with the writing, the first two episodes, like with, with that whole scene from like the first Avengers, um, you, you'd see, they, they show you, this is how cool Hawkeye is, right? And then they stole him jumping off a building and he can't fly and then that wing, no parachute, nothing. He's just fearless. Yeah. And and that really inspired her to, to archery. But then we fast forward into modern times and, or like today, basically. Present day. Present day, thank you. And he just doesn't want to be there. 
basically. He doesn't want to be in New York. He wants to be home with his family. And we get it. I would feel the same way too, but I don't want to, that's not how I'm entertained. I'm not entertained by watching my superhero not want to like crime fight and get home to his family. I understand it. I agree with it. But like, that's not what I'm hurrying home, you know, to from work just to watch this show of this guy right really wanting to get home to his family. And so and that was really bombarding and kind of conking heads with Kate Bishop because she's like all ecstatic about, hey, you're Hawkeye. Cool. Hey, be my friend. And he's like, don't touch me. I don't want to be here. You know, I just want to go. And that was for the first two episodes. It wasn't until episode three where everything kind of started to turn around. Right. Yeah. No. um, And we can talk about Hawkeye for a moment just just as the character him, you know, just itself where obviously we've already talked about how much we always enjoy watching Jeremy Renner portray Hawkeye. He's a lot of uh, fun. I did think it was really cool to introduce this concept of him wearing a hearing aid because, right. you know, he's been through a lot. I mean, the, the we haven't even seen him in his younger years. We just caught up with him throughout kind of like the building of uh, the Avengers itself and then through the various um, types of scenarios that they found themselves in. And I like that because, again, that's yet another component of him being grounded in reality and being an accessible character. It's like, of course. I mean, he's around all kinds of explosions and yelling. Oh, who knows what kind of like loud engines. And I mean, like the helicarrier has got to be super loud, too. You know, like you you start to think about that and you're like, wow, that's really a a nice touch. (laughs) People yelling at his ear. Little earpiece and stuff. Ah, Just take him out. Well, and I like that. I liked how there were instances in the show where he intentionally had the hearing aid out because he just wanted some peace and quiet. And it spoke a lot to his character. I like that. That was a plus in my book. I really enjoyed that a lot. You know, um, another thing that they really didn't dive into, they touched on like this is, this is kind of like an, uh, an ongoing theme. Yeah. An ongoing theme is so, he has to deal with the suit that he wore when he was Ronan. Okay. So he has regret Mm -hmm. over how he behaved during that time. He was not acting like an Avenger would act. You know, he, he was definitely just enraged about the loss of his family due to Thanos's snapping. And, um, uh, you know, he, he essentially was just going out and, and dispensing justice to whoever he deemed to be evil. Right. And, we saw even in the Avengers film, we saw just like a, like a 30 second scene of him dispensing violent justice and that sort of thing. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I like how they're using this in the show to be able to once again, have another layer of character development for um, Hawkeye. But the thing is, is, is all we got was him trying to find the suit so he could burn the suit. Right. And I did like how they used Kate Bishop as like, you know, they use the suit as a vehicle for her to, to eventually meet Hawkeye. I thought that was fun. But I wanted to, once again, I wanted to step more into the psyche of Hawkeye. Like, you know, he's clearly someone who has scars that are both physical and psychological. Not that he has to be like a... <laughs> yes, you know, a psychiatrist dream, right? Like, <laughs> man, he's got a lot of hidden skeletons in that mind of his. It's not like that at all. But like, I just, I, again, you can tell he's going through a lot of self-reflection with regards to like how he's getting older. He has, um, you know, hard of hearing. He has acted out in the past with the, the Ronan situation. He's also lost his best friend. 
and not only that, but I mean, I think too, what I think is worth noting is there is this very conscious decision within the MCU right now. We you know what we talk about passing of the torch. You're having kind of the OG Avengers fade away and you have kind of the, this younger next generation of heroes take up the mantle. And so we're seeing that in this case as well. And I feel conflicted about that because on the one hand, it's like, oh, th this acts as a natural uh, opportunity to be able to introduce new characters and be able to tell their stories. And I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But at the same time, it's, it's like, there aren't going to be any of the OG Avengers left, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Iron Man's dead. Uh, Captain America retired. You have uh, Hawkeye, who's like basically passing it on to, um, Kate, Bishop. to Kate Bishop. Black Widow died. Um, Vision's died. Uh, well, Vision's died. Vision's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, now, now uh, Scarlet Witch is still around, which was great. But, you know, she was a bit more of a, of a latecomer to the, the team. And, you know, Black Panther is still around. So you still have certain characters that are there, but like, it, it is interesting how, I don't know, like there's seen, and actually what I'm getting at is there's a trend that I'm noticing in Hollywood where if you have like a legacy cast, you show them as aging, like, like they're getting older and maybe they have, uh, some regrets, some melancholy, even like if you think of star Wars, for example, star Wars, seven, eight, nine, the newer star Wars that they made, like every single one of those characters that we all know and love Luke Skywalker, uh, princess Leia, Han Solo, like they were all just like, they were not like how they were portrayed in the, the older films. I mean, like they all had issues and they were all sure. downtrodden yeah. and not only that, but they all died. Like they all just kind of passed away. And, and again, it was, it was so heavy handed in terms of we want to get rid of this old cast in order to make room for the new cast. And my thing is, is why can't they coexist? Like yeah. what's, what's the deal? Like, why are we so much in a rush to get rid of these characters that everybody loves. And sure, yeah, like that certain sacrifices will be made, but it is something that I'm noticing more and more where like you have a particular property that has been around for a long time. You have all these different characters. Um, I mean, to give you an idea, I even heard about how in DC they're going to be killing off the Justice League in the comic books, which reminded <laughs> me of like in the 90s, if you recall, like they had the whole death of Superman event and that was a big deal and right. you know eventually he, he came back but i mean i don't know in this instance if like they're just gonna kill off batman wonder woman superman green lantern flash cyborg and then and then we're gonna usher in like <laughs> brand, make a ton of money <laughs> brand new cast of characters i i have no idea like what's uh, in the wings for that but again this is just simply something that i've noticed Yes, Russ, I have noticed. Oh, so you, part of it you can't escape because they're going to be aging anyway. Sure. But yes, it's like an overwhelming just tidal wave of, well, the way I see it is like, it's almost, I don't want to say like self-sabotage, but it feels like that as a fan. Because you, you think of like Thor and what all you love about Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. And and you see him in, in the Marvel logo with the, the music they play and it gets you pumped up and you see Captain throwing his shield and Iron Man flying and Thor with his, and you're like, yes, that's awesome. I love all that. And then they go 
what well, seems like with this phase four anyway, it's not as cool as you guys all think. Like they, they're, they're, they're not as cool as you think. They have problems and they, and they get old too. And so we're just going to make this real and kind of pop you out of fantasy land for a second. Just put you in real world and say, yeah, they have arthritis. They need to take an aspirin every once in a while. You know, they, you need to see them with ice packs on their face to cool, you know. Well, again, like I like that in Hawkeye's case. And okay. But in Hawkeye's case, but yeah, yeah, true. But I'm just saying that like the, as, like the frozen peas as a whole, uh, I mean, when we see what's coming, like we're getting, I think a female Thor and I think we're going to get like a young kid, Iron Man. I think we're going to, um, I'm not sure what they're going to do about Iron Man. I don't know if it's going to be his daughter or the little girl in Avengers Endgame. I mean, it could be, or it could be the, the kid who, uh, who, who oh, was it? Iron Man three. I think that, uh, Oh, kind of took us, I don't know. Anyway, that's all theory. But anyhow, like if you compare it to what they just did with Spider-Man, which was freaking phenomenal. Sure. I mean, Spider-Man is just as cool now, if not way more so. Yeah. And then you look at the way Disney's handling Marvel and it just doesn't feel at all near exciting. And to be fair, the Spider-Man film had probably like a budget of $200 million. So, <laughs> that's, you know. I mean, so, well, I'm not comparing Spider-Man to like Hawkeye. Oh, I'm just okay. saying like what, what Sony's <laughs> doing with, with, with Spider-Man um, and then what Disney is doing with just, I mean, Dis- Black Widow for credit, you know, that was, that was supposed to be a very, very good movie. I was really looking forward to Black sure, Widow movie. Yeah. Um, and just phase four as a whole just doesn't feel all that exciting, like whatsoever. If I look at it as a whole. Yeah. I do want to pivot over to um, Kate Steinle's performance. Um, I'm sorry, Haley Seinfeld. I totally like <laughs> combined like her first name and last name. Seinfeld. Yeah. Haley Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> On NBC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally combined. I put the Kate Bishops like uh, Kate with the Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, what I was getting at was that I do feel as though she was one of the highlights of the show overall. I really liked um, her look of it. She definitely looks like a Kate Bishop in my eyes. I thought that her acting was right on point. I felt as though that there was, there, there was a lot to like, like she, she was a very appealing character and, um, you know, I've already talked about about the the family to a certain extent, but I one of the things I haven't talked about is I actually really liked how she comes from a wealthy family. I think that's kind of a a refreshing angle to a lot of the heroes that we've seen so far in the MCU because a lot of them, with the ex, with the exception of like say Tony Stark, Tony Stark is, is very wealthy, but a lot of them really don't have a whole lot of cash. You know, like they they do their their civic duty and. Uh, that's part of uh, one of the, the really great things about them is that they're relatable in that sense. But I, I did really like her origin story in that regard where like she came from wealth. She went to what appeared to be like an Ivy league school. You know, sh- she's really, really competent in uh, different types of, of martial arts and archery and that sort of thing. You know, I bought into that. I didn't feel at all as if like that was cheesy or fake or anything like that. What'd you think? Yeah, I. While you're thinking about this, I will add one more thing. The one piece of constructive criticism that I do have is I did, and and this is a nod to what I think you've been talking about here and there. She, have you heard of the term Mary Sue? Yes. Okay. 
I feel like like there are elements of a Mary Sue in her depiction of Kate Bishop with this, where, you know, again, once again, we go back to the fighting sequences. Like, for instance, she's taking on Kingpin. I'm sorry, but Kingpin is no one to be trifled with. Like, if you read about him in the comics and just the the sheer strength and and just diabolical ability that this man has. Um, if she were to have, have taken him on the way she did, she would have been in the hospital at Easily, least. I mean, like get go. Yeah. I mean, like, like that's the kind of thing I think about, or like if she's taking on a black widow, like, like Yelena is a black widow. Once again, regardless of whether or not Yelena was, was using say kitty gloves on her because she was actually after Hawkeye is beside the point. It's like, you know, it's one thing to be going to um, <laughs> karate at the local Y. And it's, it's very different <laughs> when you're facing off against someone who is a stone cold killer. Right? right. So I feel like that was something that, that did get taken away. I did, as I said earlier, I did really appreciate seeing the cuts and the bruises and the blemishes, because once again, that's realistic. That's what happens. And I love seeing that on Hawkeye as well. So that's why I'm not like a hundred percent calling her depiction as a Mary Sue, but it's, it's in that direction. And I honestly, I wanted to see more vulnerability because again, this is a character that I, I want them to, to take their time with the character development. Like I want to be able to relate to her character as well and, and see certain mistakes. And she did make certain mistakes, like certain, certain decisions that she made ended up costing them um, certain types of situations. And, and Hawkeye was placed in the, these uh, positions that normally he wouldn't have been in had she not have just acted in a rash manner or something like that. I like that. I think that's good. But at the same time, I think in this type of instance, I wanted, like I said, to see what, when she was in those moments of peril, I wanted to just really be on the edge of my seat with that peril. And I really didn't get that. Yep. I 100% agree, Russ. I, I would have liked to see her um, maybe get down with the people a bit more because the only, you know, she wants to be a superhero. She wants to be, and she's always calling herself like, you know, Hawkeye's partner. And that the whole show until like the fifth or for sure the sixth episode, he's like, you're not my partner. You're not my partner. You're not my partner. Like, so you stop calling me that. And she just wants, she just... I feel like the way she was written was that Disney really wanted us to like her and they just shoved it in our face. Like, like this person, here you go. We're going to force it upon you. Instead of just us growing fond of her, it was like, here's who you're going to be a fan of slap, you know, wear that sticker on your sleeve, you know, here, wear, wear a hat that says, you know, this Hawkeye's partner. And it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel organic. Um, I mean, it what, felt what, organic what, to a certain extent. I, I wouldn't uh, go as far as what you're depicting it to be. I, I, to me, it just didn't feel organic. I'm sorry. She was, she was a nice person, but to me, um, it just, that, that was not near enough yeah. to me. It really felt like they were pushing the agenda of, Hey, this is going to be who you're going to be a fan of next mm -hmm. and, or you should be a fan of next. And I, I, I wasn't on board. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I for one was on board. I, I think that again, it has to do with the, the script that you were given. And I think that she was able to, to work with it. And I do think that there was a lot of, 
uh, lovability uh, and, and appeal with her portrayal of the character. Honestly, uh, what I want to do is I want to, first of all, I want to know if they are going to be having additional seasons of the show or if she is going to make the jump, which I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point she will make the jump into the films too and take on a more mature role. Because I, I, I do think once again, going back to this concept I have of like, you know, them almost like portraying her in like a, a Disney princess capacity. I know that the actress is capable of, of way more. And she's, she's, you know, once again, she's working with the material that's been given to her, but I, I do hope that they are able to kind of shed that particular season one skin away and then be able to, to allow her to really, you know, show off the range. Yeah. That's putting a lot of hope in like the next season though, because well, we, or maybe it's the next movie or, like, the, or the next movie, because I mean, if we get an, a movie with her in it or we get a show with her in it, I definitely need a lot more than what we had with, with Hawkeye. Agreed. Um, I mean, I want to see more of who her character is. I felt like what we saw was fine. I mean, it's not like she was a bad person or she was a bully or she was unlikable or she was just a, you know, Debbie down. I mean, all that stuff, not true. I mean, you could be friends with this person. Yeah. I mean, that, that's no problem, but, um, I, I'm not really wanting to watch it to be their friend. I want to see who this person is and where they come from, what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. And I felt like we just got this yeah on the surface level all the time with six episodes with her. We saw nothing different. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, she has to work with what she's given. Of course she ain't writing her own lines. No, no, somebody no. else. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's just that she got the short end of the stick with this whole thing. I mean, well, she didn't get the short end of the stick. She got the whole part on Disney Plus. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just like, guess what? You know, the script that she was handed, she had to make the best out of. So what rating would you give this show? 2.5, Russ. 2.5? 2.5. You know, I was on my way over here. You had texted me. Mm. You said. As I often do. You, you never texted me, Russ. Um. <laughs> You didn't even have my number. Anyway. <laughs> I just call him and do heavy breathing on the phone. Are you awake yet? <gasps> <laughs> Is that your brother calling again? Yeah, I don't know. He's breathing on the phone. <laughs> I can smell his breath through yeah, the phone. Russ, what How is that want? even possible? Um, you said, hey, are, are you waiting to the last minute to watch the episode? And I was like, yeah, I was passing out. And you're like, oh, old man Perkins, Perk blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay. Here's the deal. And this is what I was going to, I held off from typing it. Uh, uh, when I'm watching the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I'm, Love me some Mando. I'm weighing the options of how much sleep can I sacrifice so that I can watch more of the show? Can I get by if I go to bed at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. just so I can keep watching the show? Next episode, next episode, next episode. And with this one, I'm literally like, it's 1130. I should be awake. And I'm literally passing out because there's not enough going on with the show. I, mean, I really felt like I had to sit through it. Uh -huh. And again, that's not to say that it's terrible, but it's not exactly entertaining. Yeah. No, I'm tracking with you. I, I too actually give it 2.5 stars. Um, I think that the, the show itself... It hit on certain marks for me and it, it whiffed in others. You know, I think that in terms of it being a Hawkeye show, once again, going back to what we talked about earlier, 
from the moment that, that I saw the logo animation of Hawkeye, I was a little concerned because even the animation of Hawkeye is lighthearted. You know, I was like, oh, Hawkeye. You know, and you're like, that's not the Hawkeye I know. Right. What, you know, but again, it, it, Hawk- I was thinking, okay, Hawkeye well. Hawkeye light. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just, I, I, I excused it because I was like, okay, well, you know, different kind of creative approach. Okay, whatever. But then it acted as a kind of a, a foreshadowing of what the entire show was going to be like. And so I did enjoy, like once again, I enjoyed being introduced to Kate Bishop. I loved what Haley did with the character. I think that um, as they move forward, I can't wait to see her grow more into this character. I think it's a bummer though that they really didn't go as deep with Clinton Barton as they could have. I think that, that like, you know, the show is called Hawkeye. And while they did have moments, like for instance, the hearing aid thing was great. His reflection on the loss of Natasha Romanoff was great, but they should have went further. Um, you know, the, the Ronin um, situation itself, once again, it, it, it was great to be able to introduce. They had like all these great introductions, but then they didn't go anywhere with them. They didn't actually like, give us the meat and potatoes of each one of those scenarios. So I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity. So, you know, I think that if you're a fan of the Avengers, uh, you know, I think it's important that, that when you, if you haven't seen the show, you go into it with, with the knowledge that, Hey, this isn't going to be on the same level as even Lo- I mean, like Loki was a, in my opinion, was a great show. Like that was probably one of the best Disney plus shows I've seen so far. Like that one, it was almost as good as Mandalorian, like the Mandalorian for, for me. And I think it's probably for you. The Mandalorian is like, such a good top, show. yeah, that's freaking awesome. Top shelf, um, and I think that that Disney has been struggling a bit trying to figure out, okay, how do we tell these other stories, which people clearly are interested in, but it comes down to the subject material, right? Like you have to be able to tell these stories that are in fact compelling, and I just I feel as though this particular show is like it acted more as like a stopgap between movies than being like its own dedicated show as opposed to a show like Loki where I can't wait for season two. Like there is so much to that show that really set up phase four of the MCU with regards to the multiverse and like the different relationships that Loki stumbled upon and, and, and had at the, at the end of that season, you really had this, this epic sense uh, and and that's what I want to have with all the Disney Plus shows moving forward. At least when when they are uh, you know either Star Wars or uh, Marvel. Did you watch the scene at the end, Russ, after the credits? Mm, I don't remember if I you know I I watched the last episode when it first aired. What was the last season or last season? What was the last <laughs> scene? <laughs> so. This kind of goes along with the whole theme of the movie where, uh, you know, they, they have like the colorful credit scene before like the whole, all the people start to show up uh, in the, the black screen. Uh, yeah, I do recall that. So you know what I'm talking about then? No, keep going. So they have this colorful sequence and I, I thought, mate, they have to show something else. So I start fast forwarding it on TV and then I see something that's not the credits. I'm like, oh, stop. Okay, let's watch it. And I'm stoked because like, okay, what are you going to show us? These are good. These are Easter eggs. And then what they do, remember the play in the beginning? 
I remember that. Yes, they they decided to show that play in its entirety as opposed to like what we first saw. Yeah, that now, was that was awful <laughs> and cringeworthy. And like that's the last impression that you want us to stay with from this new show that you put all your money into. Like who's it was meant to be cringeworthy in the beginning, which is why Hawkeye left. He's like, I don't even want to listen to this. It made and sense it, in the beginning. It yeah. made sense in the beginning, but as, I mean, as a viewer, I'm watching it like, I don't want to be there. That might mean something to them, you know, at the, at the audience, but I don't want any more time listening to this live theater. Not to say anything bad about live theater. I've seen some live theater in my life, and well, I've has, enjoyed it. It has nothing to do with live theater. It's just the fact that, once again, someone made the creative decision that we should have the entire you know, Broadway play in its entirety play during the credits as an Easter egg. And again, it's just bad form. Well, it's, it's indicative of the entire show. Like, like once again, they were, they were very obsessed over this type of like lighthearted kind of cheesy, uh, you know, makes yeah. you wince, but yet they're, they're so happy and enthusiastic. You, you give them a pass kind of, but you wish that they weren't doing that. You know, it, yeah, I, I totally, that's why I was having trouble. Remember, I'm like, yeah, I remember there was something, but I don't remember what it was. And <sighs> he reminded me of that. So thank you. Thank you for that thought. Yeah, Steve. you're welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it continues to financially help us do the show. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week every week. And while you're at it, go on to your favorite social media platform of choice and do a search for at TV. We're on just about all the major ones. We post all kinds of fun little pics and vids there you don't want to miss. And plus, we like to build our little Joy Gadsden community. And we want you to be a part of it. Matter of fact, tell us what you think of the show. Oh. Tell us what you think of Hawkeye. You agree with what we said? You disagree? Are we wrong? Are we right? What did you think? Let us know. I could not agree more. Love it. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see a streamer video game adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We look forward to hanging out with all of you once again next week. <laughs>